1: Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Ronay. I'm your host, Fern Ronay, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Christine Raymond is the author of 19 novels, including the Hidden Spring series comprised of nine historical Western romance novels. She's also the author of contemporary romance novels, A Cozy Mystery, and Nonfiction as well. She's also the host of the Wordplay podcast, where she has unrehearsed, unscripted, real conversations with authors. And I am so thrilled she is here. We know each other from the She Podcast group on Facebook, where... I learned about your podcast, Christine, and I think that's how we met, but I'm just so happy that you're here. I'm so glad that we're connected. How are you?
0: Hi, Fern. I'm good. <laughs> yes, I think it was through She Podcast. I think that's how we connected, and then we chatted on Wordplay. Um, yes. I did want to correct you. I only have 16 books out, not nine. Oh,
1: okay. All I have right. 19
0: in my head, but
1: <laughs> I only on the wrong. Are actually out. <laughs> because there are so many and I was counting them on your website and I was like wow she is so prolific it's so impressive and I and I feel like that bio doesn't even do you justice because like we said we've chatted before and we're friends on Facebook and I was writing the bio and I'm like it just sounds so factual and Christine is so much more. So would you mind giving listeners the proper Christine Raymond bio and feel free to start from the day you were born? Hey, they don't have that
0: much time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, yes,
0: I do live in Kentucky with my husband in our menagerie of rescued fur babies. <laughs> and uh, I originally am from Rhode Island. And okay. then in my early 20s, I moved to Arizona to Flagstaff, I'd always wanted to see the West. And, you know, I was single and I had just been laid off from my job and it just seemed like the perfect time for a road trip. So Mm -hmm. I traveled out there not knowing a soul, but I ended up meeting my husband. And uh, so, you know, it was fate. It was one of those things that was supposed to happen.
1: How perfect that you... Yeah. When things seem like it's something... Unfortunate that's happening. You might have been like, Oh, I was laid off and then you're like, Let me go on an adventure and it led you to your husband. I feel like things like that always happen. Oh, I know.
0: And what's what's kind of funny is I met him through a blind date, but the blind date was with his best friend. Oh, how funny. I friendly. Yeah, I, I was friendly with his sister, with the blind date sister and yeah, she wanted to fix me up with her brother and invited me over to her house for a barbecue. And my husband was
1: there. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it really, everything did really work out the way it was supposed to. And That's the premise yeah. of a novel. I know. <laughs> the historical Western romance novels take place in Arizona, right?
0: They do. Yep, yeah. in Arizona territory in the late 1800s. You were meant and, to live there. Um, I, You know, I really was. And it, it, again, I mean, from the time I was a small child, a Western would come on TV and I could feel, you know, my, my heart rate increase and I get all excited. And I just always wanted to see the West and it was everything I imagined. And plus more, I mean, it is for anyone who's never been out, whether it's Arizona or anywhere, honestly, West of the Rockies, it is just, it's, it's huge. Like the sky is, is huge and the landscapes are big. And I understand that it's all the same the same continent. I get that, but it's so different than growing up on the East Coast.
1: It really is. We've been to Arizona many times, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It really is like oh, being yeah. on another planet, almost. The colors and <laughs> and just the way it looks, it's just so beautiful. It
0: absolutely is. But and after so- being there for yeah. a couple of years, we wanted to move east in a more easterly direction. We didn't necessarily want to live on the coast again,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: we ended up in Kentucky, and we've been here for. Oh, 22, 23 years, something like that, <laughs> a long time. Nice.
1: I've heard wonderful things about Kentucky. We talked about this briefly, but my brother and his family went on a trip, and they went through Ohio and then Kentucky, and they absolutely loved it. And it's another place that people are say is beautiful with the mountains, and I've seen your pictures. It's It really is pretty.
0: Oh, it is. And it's so green and lush here, and we live really close to Mammoth Cave National Park, so it, it's just You know, I think people get in their heads about any area, what they think it looks like. Like when you Mm -hmm. think Arizona, a lot of people think desert or the Grand Canyon, (laughs) but we actually lived in Flagstaff up in the mountains and it's, it's, you know, very different. And I think with Kentucky, a lot of people just think, you know, the big open fields of bluegrass with the thoroughbreds and, and there are places like that, but I mean, Mammoth Cave National Park with the caves and the woods and yeah, it's very diverse.
1: And then how did you get into writing?
0: <laughs> you know, that just kind of happened. Um, I never really had I never really had any ambitions to be an author. And in 2013, a girl that I worked with was talking about that she had written a couple of books and had self-published them. And she was telling me about the process and I thought, "Huh, that sounds interesting and I've never done that before." So I kind of, you know, got a little more detail about it. And then I sat down Labor Day weekend and wrote a book. Well, wow. I did that whole, that whole yeah. weekend. But yeah, that's how it started. That was uh, Here to Stay, the first book in the Hidden Spring series. And again, if I had no doubt that I wanted to write a historical Western. Again, just because I just love that so I published Here to Stay and I when I started it I thought it would be one book but as I was writing more characters came into it and they needed their own stories and it ended up being a nine book series and it, it's kind of like once I tapped into these story ideas that I never knew were there they just all came flooding in and and yeah, there's. I have more story ideas than I will ever be alive long enough.
1: <laughs> but it's amazing that, like you say, 2013, that was only seven years ago. And in that time, like when you first heard your friend say, you know, that she's an author. In that time, you've written 16 books and started a very successful podcast. So in 2012, if someone told you in 2020, this will be where you're at. What would you think?
0: Oh, no. I would have told them that
1: they were crazy, honestly. <laughs> you know what?
0: In 2014, if somebody had told me this. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, yeah. When did you publish just, the first one? Uh, the first one was published in November of 2013. So, I, I mean, I wrote it, like I said, started Labor Day weekend and then had it out. I wow. published my second book in December, six weeks later. And seven weeks after that, seven or eight weeks after that, I published the third one in the series, Abby's Heart. And that one, that one, not so much the story, but the date was very significant for me because it was the second anniversary of my father's death. And he, he well, obviously didn't live long enough to see me become an author. Mm-hmm. And my pen name is actually a tribute to him because his name was Raymond. Aww. And so that's where the last, the last, part of my pen name Christine Raymond comes from him.
1: We chatted a little bit on your podcast about it but I listened to the Bruce Olive Solheim episode as well of the Wordplay podcast and awesome and you were awesome in interviewing him and how you were talking about you've had dreams of your dad and of others and even pets and how the ones that you know, we talked about like the difference between a visit and a dream, even though I think a dream can still be a sign, but a visit, it feels so tactile. It feels so real. And you've had that experience.
0: Yes. Multiple times with my father, the first time it happened. And I can't really remember, like, I can't pinpoint specifically when it happened, Mm -hmm. but I remember that it really caught me off guard. Like I, I was very emotional when I woke up. I, I mean, I had been able to feel him. Like I had put my arms around him and and could feel his arms around me me and it was just it was very emotional but it's happened multiple times since then and now it makes me smile even in my dream like when I when that happens I can feel my reaction is is very I'm not even sure how to how to say it it's it's just like oh wow like I I'll be like, Hi Dad, you know, thanks for a visit. Like I I kind of make that connection out even while I'm dreaming. It's just the best thing. Does he give you any particular messages? You know, he doesn't. And I was mm. thinking about this the other day. I've never heard him speak mm. in my dreams. I honestly I don't hear anybody speak in my dreams except for me. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'll hear myself hear say hi Dad or or I, I remember one dream I had where I looked at him. It, it just surprised me that I saw him and I was like, but you're dead.
1: And I can remember right.
0: saying that. Right. But no, I've never, I, if they have, I don't, I don't remember anyone ever speaking in my
1: dreams. It's to funny me, because e- I hear that a th- lot. Yeah. And I hear people yeah. say that, you know, the other person, they were speaking the other person wasn't, but if there was a message, they still got it. Like they still understood what they what they were telling them. Like it was a very clear yeah. message, even if it, sometimes there is no message, it's just being together. And that's so funny because my husband had a dream about our cat and he said the exact same thing. He was like, Magoo, you died. Like, how are you here? The same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, again, we, we chatted about it a little bit. It's just really being open to accept these messages or these visits as they come.
1: Yeah. And it and,
0: you know, I, I okay. I have to relay this to you because we had talked about. Um, you talked about finding a penny,
1: uh-huh.
0: as as like one of the signs. Yeah, and I was talking to my mom the other day because the anniversary of my dad's death is coming up in just a couple of weeks, and she was telling me that she really thinks that my dad is sending her penny. So oh, how funny! Yeah, yeah, I but love she. It and she had never told me that before and i didn't tell her about our conversation she just was talking about him and and said you know i i really think you know i'm getting signs from your dad and and he's sending me pennies because i'll i'll just look down and there'll be a penny and it'll be while i'm thinking about him or while i'm remembering this or while i'm going here or And I just,
1: I thought that was really cool. Oh, how funny. Oh, that's so cool. And we also had a little bit of an experience when we were chatting. And I think your dog was barking.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. My, uh, I have, well, had a beagle yodel. And she just decided to to bark (laughs) in the middle of our show. And it, (laughs) unfortunately, was in such a place that I was not able to edit it out without editing out my voice. So yeah. I I left it in there and it was just a couple of days later that she had a stroke and passed away.
1: Yeah, so I kind of I like to. Such a I remember yeah, seeing her picture. Hear, you called her, is she the one you called her your little biscuit, right? Yes, she was. Such she a little, little biscuit. And I don't
0: know. I don't know where that nickname came from. I, oh, I ended up with nicknames
1: for our pets. Yes. It's so funny. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, I would totally call her my little biscuit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I end up with nicknames for my animals, and I have no idea where they they come from. They pop into my head like character names almost it's like
1: I know hey you your little biscuit <laughs> it's so true, so she barked on the episode and then that happened, and sadly she passed but we're kind of saying how it's amazing that that you have that, yeah. Yeah. And
0: and on our episode too, so it just felt appropriate to me that that was the episode that she decided to have her last words. For. Yes, of
1: all the episodes, <laughs> right? Oh, I love right. It. Oh, I love it so much. And then you also we also talked about the wedding day rainbow. Oh well,
0: it, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a rainbow. It was oh. Oh, okay. So my husband and I got married in Flagstaff, Arizona, in June. And you would think, okay, June, gorgeous, you know, June brides, all of that kind of thing. Well, the morning I woke up, it was torrential rain, and we were getting married outside in an aspen grove. So it was, you know, off the beaten path. We, um, it's it's pouring rain and I decided not to let it bother me that it would just, you know, if we had to get married on the courthouse steps, that was fine.
1: I it wasn't going to ruin my day. Oh, you're so and, cool, Christine. I was such a bridezilla. I would have been like, someone do something about this rain. <laughs> <laughs> you're
0: well, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it stopped raining, but it was only like 40 degrees and I am in a sleeveless dress. Wow. Know? In Arizona and, in June, it should be nice out. Well, exactly. And then I wasn't sure we could get to the spot where we wanted to get married because, again, it was it, it was out on this dirt road. So with all the rains, it was going to be really muddy, and I wasn't sure if we could get there, but we did. So we got married, and it was very, very windy, very cold. But right as the Justice of the Peace announced us husband and wife, the clouds parted. And the sun shone for just, just like probably a minute and a half. But I swear to this day, that was my grandfather. Yes. I really do think that he was just saying, okay, you know, give him a little sunshine. I'm happy, yes. you know, I'm happy to see this. I and uh, yeah, and then the cloud, it clouded up again, and it started snowing. Oh,
1: <laughs> so, wow! We pretty much
0: had all four seasons, yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: that's so cool. Oh, it definitely was. I don't know why I was thinking rainbow. Yes, the clouds parted and the sunshine. That is so perfect.
0: You no, know, I really do think that, that uh, you know, our loved ones kind of have a little bit of influence. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like when you know, you know, like, you know, someone else might say who's not, who's not you know, at this point of recognizing the signs and, and thinking about this would say, isn't that cool, like the sun parted, but when you know, you know, it's like falling in love, like, you know, like, that was, I know that was my grandfather, like, I just know it, and it's, I get it, I so get it, and I love your, I really love your solstice practice, if you could describe it, I copied, I have in my notes, I literally copied your entire Facebook post and posted it here, (laughs) But if you could describe and then specifically what happened this year with the one note that didn't completely burn.
0: Sure. Well, I started this I I, again I can't pinpoint the exact date, but I read a book. It's called Write It Down, Make It Happen and I absolutely love this book. And in it the author describes it's it's actually I believe it goes back to an old Indian tradition, like a Native American tradition where they would write notes and attach it to their arrows. And they would perform it like at sunrise and they would go into, they would make a circle in different directions. And I don't remember the whole thing verbatim, but they would stick their their arrows in the dirt and then they would bury other messages. And the whole point was to, to purge the negative and to attract the positive. And so I decided to do a little twist on it. So on the winter solstice, which is December 21st usually, I think sometimes it can be the 22nd, but that, that day, usually I try to do it at sunset, but honestly, I just kind of let the universe guide me. So Mm -hmm. whatever time of day that I feel that it hits, I have special paper that I use only for this. And I sit down and I just write on slips of paper, any negative thoughts, feelings, anything. I don't think about it really hard. I just try to do like a stream of consciousness type of thing. And I write one, one thing on each slip of paper. And then I also do the same thing with positive things that I want to attract. And then I kind of just have a pile of just kind of good wishes type of thing. And I don't pay attention to how many there's, they're going to be. I mean, it's whatever it is. And when my conscious dream shuts off, it's like, okay, now I know I'm done. And then I go outside and I read each message aloud and then I burn it. And you know, I take my time. I don't throw them all in there and burn the whole pile. It's it's one at a time. I say the message and I burn it. And some years the message will burn completely and other years it won't. And and honestly, I mean, you brought up the one about the one not burning completely. And, you know, I can't even remember which one that was.
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll read it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You said, it's interesting to see which burn quickly and which don't. I always send a message to my dad. And this year, he was, oh, the, yes. it was the only paper that didn't burn completely. I think it's yeah, his okay. way of saying a piece of him will always be with me.
0: Yes. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it 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 is interesting to me because it some of them i will put you know i will put a match to them and light them and they'll just like instantly burn they're they're mm-hmm. just gone and then others it it takes a really long time for them to catch
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they they kind of they might um, the flame might go out and it's more like the paper just kind of curls up on its own and it Mm -hmm. it, to me it's all very symbolic it's it's like which things are releasing quickly that I don't think about and even like the one with my dad I mean once I once I burn these I really I I just let go of whatever it was but yeah my dad's always with me I don't doubt that
1: (laughs) Yeah, no not at all and it's interesting that you burn the positive ones as well and the and the ones offering good vibes because it's like everything goes back to the oneness
0: Right, I'm. I'm really just trying to send the message out into the universe. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, let these negative things go away, and let let me put these positive things that I want to attract out there so that they'll come back to me. And then the like the messages again are are just things like I always say hi to my dad. It's like yeah. hi, dad. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that, yeah. that's kind yeah. of a neutral one. But I've got to say that. Over the years, I think I've been doing this for like seven or eight years now. I've noticed that my negative pile has gotten less, yeah. which I take as a very good sign. Because uh-huh. when I started doing this, it was almost all negative mm-hmm. that I was trying to get rid of, and it really does work for me. That mm-hmm. once it's once I go through this ritual and it's gone, it's like it, it's it's almost like I'm giving myself permission to let go of whatever i was holding on to now i will say some years i've had the same issue pop up Mm -hmm. like two years in a row but the second year it's not quite as strong as the first year so Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's hard to let go of grudges or or you know whatever it is that whatever negative thoughts we have about ourselves or Anything like
1: that. Yeah, it seems so powerful. Especially that you let yourself write stream of consciousness because that's when the truth comes out. If we're stopping and editing ourselves, we're we're letting our ego, you know, stop us from saying certain things. But if you just let it flow, you just let it out. That's when the truth comes out, and what's really what the things that we have to work on.
0: And and I'll even find myself when I'm writing, every once in a while, I'll have that little mental hiccup where it's like, oh no, don't write it this way. And then it's like, no. I mean, if that's your true feeling, that's your true feeling. Nobody else is going to see it. It's between you and yes. the universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Exactly. Sometimes some of the things that come out even surprise me. Like I didn't realize that that person was was bothering me or or you know an issue with them or or this particular thing or that I had this thought so yeah. it's, it's just very it's very cleansing to me
1: I think it sounds so healing like we're all really trying to get back to that place of of just complete love and self love and and comfort with with the universe or God or whatever you want to call it that total peace but our experience on earth and the things that have <laughs> the things that have traumatized us and you know we're, Those are the things we're meant to learn from for our souls to evolve. But as we do the soul work and get back to that place, it's amazing how certain lessons will keep repeating themselves or certain things will keep popping up or you'll be you'll surprise yourself that something was bothering you deep down. And and the and the more we work on it, the closer we get to that place. And it just sounds like such a healing practice. It blew me away. I was like, wow, I cannot wait to do this. It's such, it sounds so cathartic. You wrote that, you wrote the ritual is so cathartic. It really is. I also love that you do a word of the year. So last year it was achievement and this year it's intention. How do you pick the words? I just let it come to me.
0: Although this year I will say for intention, it was, uh, I was chatting with a friend of mine. We We were talking on the phone and She said that her word was intention, and like the second she said it, it clicked with me. I told her I was like, okay, well I'm stealing it because I'm going to use intention too. But it just felt right. It it was like, oh wow, yes, that is what I need in my life right now. So now what I'm trying to do is when I do a task, my my goal is to do it with intention. I'm thinking through it. I'm concentrating only on this because. I have a lot of squirrel moments. I mean, I really, really do. A lot of moments.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't get the word.
0: Squirrel moments. Oh, what, what does that? Oh, mean? you haven't heard of squirrel moments? No, it's from it's from the movie Up that Pixar oh, movie. I love that Up. Movie. Yeah. Okay, so so Doug the dog, mm-hmm. he'll just be like going along and then he'll go squirrel and he'll just turn his head really quick <laughs> and and then he'll go on with whatever he's doing and then right. squirrel, and then he looks in the other direction so that has become known as squirrel moment <laughs> so if you hear people talk about it that's what it means and I have a lot of those where I will be doing something and I just get very easily distracted and I think it's because I'm trying to do so much and I have so much on my mind that it, it takes effort to concentrate on something. Yes. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. It, it, that doesn't mean that that, that effort is, is a bad thing. Right. And I really need to start rather than just kind of working willy nilly and, and, you know, working on this and then this happens and that happens. I need to just do all of my tasks with intention.
1: Oh, I love that. I love it. It's so true because. I was listening to a podcast and the woman was talking about snacking and she said a lot of people with anxiety, will snack to self-soothe. And my entire life made sense in in like a single moment. I have horrible (laughs) anxiety. All I think about is what I'm going to eat next. And then, and then she said, and food is so enjoyable. Like if you love food, you love food. And why would you rush through it? Enjoy it. Take that moment to enjoy the food that you're putting in your mouth. And I was like, I so have to do that. I love food. So I'm like, why am I rushing through the moment of my day that I love so much? And I'm like, from now on, I have to slow down and enjoy every chew. And that's what I've been working on. So I feel like I need to do that too. Plus with all of my to-do lists. Like I'll just concentrate on crossing things off instead of working through each one with intention. That's such such I so needed to hear that. It's such a validation. well,
0: and the thing is that to do list hopefully if will always be there i mean <laughs> that's the that's the thing you you want to have a to do list until the end of your days mm-hmm. i I don't want to never have something to do yes for, for me, what happens a lot is i will okay, so I'll sit down in the morning and I'll open up my emails to take care of a specific task. But then I'll see an email came in from someone else about another task. And so then I'm, I, in, instead of finishing what I'm working on, I'll, I'll move to that. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is just a quick email. Let me take care of that. Mm-hmm. And then that leads me to something else. And then it, uh-huh. then this pops up in my newsfeed or something. It's like, oh, well, let me look at that. I, I never <laughs> saw that before. And the next thing I know, it's two hours later and I still haven't finished. My original task, <laughs> and I just feel like I've, yeah, I just feel like I've wasted time. Mm-hmm. And then it, then I'm frustrated, and then I feel mm-hmm. like I've gotten nothing done. And and I'll, I'll tell you though, I've had to focus on the intention part though. Like I have to repeat that to myself that yeah. uh, today I'm going to work with intention. I'm going to do this task because, okay, we're we're a month into the year, and I've already you'd have slacked off with
1: that. <laughs> so. I find that hard to believe but Okay, because <laughs> your word last year was achievement. And then there was a post where you, you listed, not in a bragging way, certainly not, but of the things that you did accomplish that year. And I was blown away. Like you were a host on, I think it was like 16 different pod or a, a guest on 16 different podcasts. It was so inspiring. So I know that in, you'll, you'll master intention as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you.
0: Well, and and the thing about the achievement is, I I did that list because it's so easy, and I think I think more people than want to admit do this. They they look and they say, okay, I've I haven't accomplished anything, or what have I accomplished? Or these are all the goals I didn't meet, so I, I'm a failure because I didn't meet all these goals. And it's really helpful to take a, a moment, take a beat, and look back and list what you did accomplish. Okay, maybe yeah. you didn't meet your goals. My, my goal last year was to write like at least four books. I wanted to write six. I only published one. So, so I look at that and I'm like, oh wow, you know, I I really didn't meet that goal. I, oh my god, you
1: know,
0: what's up with me as an author? <laughs> but then when I sat down and listed everything that I did accomplish, it's like, wow, okay, so I'm not a failure. I just it's, didn't,
1: exactly. I, I, didn't amazing. I didn't,
0: meet, I didn't meet expectation A, but I met expectation b c and i didn't even know i had expectation b and i met that too you
1: know? yes yes exactly i, I just
0: exactly. think it's really important that we that we take time to acknowledge our self-worth and what we what we do and what we contribute and 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 just love ourselves for who we are and and what we do and you know it's so easy to be negative to ourselves and yes Mm -hmm. We say things to ourselves we would never say to another human being,
1: even our worst enemy.
0: There are things that we would not say to them that we tell ourselves sometimes on a daily basis. So
1: unhealthy. It's so (laughs) unhealthy and it's so defeated. It's like like self-defeating. My husband and I always say shame is the lowest vibration. So if you want to attract the things that you want to attract, you can't do it from a place of shame. That's like survival mode you have to vibrate higher. So we, we catch ourselves saying like, you know, beating ourselves up about something we didn't do. And then we stop and we're like, nope, we don't do shame. Shame is the lowest vibration. We don't do it. And I get that right. thought out of my head.
0: Yeah, it, 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 that's exactly it. You know, we bad things happen and we make mistakes and we do things that we wish we didn't, whether we did them intentionally or non-intentionally. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just life. Yes. But I, I, for one, I'm really bad about dwelling on all of the, the past mistakes that I've made. I mean, stuff that I did, even when I was a kid, it's like, oh my gosh, let it go.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm the same exact way. And now I'm catching myself and I'm like, nope, I don't do shame. Yeah. It
0: just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. It yeah. does not change a thing you can you can learn from it and not do it again if it you know if it was a mistake, but you can't change the moment so exactly. why
1: constantly relive it exactly learn and move on yep, yeah that's it well, congratulations on everything. It's such a joy to follow you on Facebook and see all that you're doing and I can't wait to see what you're doing next but what what is on the what's in the pipeline well, I am. <laughs>
0: And I say this kind of with air quotes around the word working. <laughs> I'm working on the next book in the Finns fine series. It's called Finicky Eaters. And the reason I say it that way is I've been working on it since I published Finagled. And it's just not, it's not coming together the way that I want it to. And I, I opened my uh, my word folder last week and realized that I have five different versions of that story. started <laughs> but again i just really think that it's just not it's not the right time and and to use the word vibration the vibrations for that book just are not where they need to be yet
1: mm-hmm. and that's but, the cozy uh, mystery right the second cozy mystery yes
0: yes that would be the second cozy mystery and uh i have some story ideas for some other books which i've also started and <laughs> haven't gotten far i think right now i am definitely not in the writer zone mm-hmm. but the podcast is going really well yes and that's where a lot of my energy has been focused so I'm just accepting that that that's where I, I need to be right now I, you know I absolutely love it I talk to two guests each week and release two episodes each week and mm-hmm. I have my guest posts blog posts on Saturdays and I've started doing commercials yes. where um authors can sign up to have like their books or their series uh, in a commercial that airs on the podcast on artist first radio network. So it's just very all encompassing of my time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um, you know, I love it and I'm excited to talk to all my guests and see who else I can get to come on the show.
1: And I always say God's timing is perfect. So that book will eventually get written all the books will eventually get written, but for whatever you have to talk to these people on the podcast and Maybe someone will say something that sparks an idea and then it'll, it'll make the second cozy mystery even more perfect. You know, you never know what, what's going to happen or why it happens, but it's all happening as it should. This whole
0: life is just about connection. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm so happy that we're connected and where, if everyone would like to connect with you, where can they find out more about your books and the podcast and social media where they can follow you?
0: Sure. So my website is www.christineraymond.com And that is Christine with a K. So it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-R-A-Y-M-O-N-D.com. All of my book links are there, links to the podcast and all of the guests that have been on the show. I have a tab that has all of the interviews that I did last year and the year before are on there. So pretty much my website is a one stop shop. I'm Perfect. also on Facebook, sort of on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh Instagram and Book Mainly Facebook is where most of my energy, uh social media energy is spent. The podcast website is wordplaypodcast.com. And and please make sure to to listen to the other guest episodes. They are just they are wonderful. They are outstanding. They are I love all of my guests. I really
1: do. Yeah, no, I I can tell. And you're a great host. It's a great podcast. I'm so happy we well, connected. thank you. I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes for everyone who is listening, and I'm sure they will definitely reach out. It's been so wonderful to chat with you again. Thank you so much, Fern. I really, I absolutely love this. And when you do the ritual, let me
0: know how it turned out for you.
1: I definitely will. I'm going to, obviously, we'll talk before then, but I will consult you before and after for sure (laughs) great okay talk to you soon thank you take care bye-bye thank you so much for listening to signs from the other side you can find me Fern Rone on all social media at Fern Rone R-O-N-A-Y I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs and if you would like to hear more episodes of this show please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts thank you again and sweet dreams